bringing Seattle to the world and the world to Seattle. Follow us on Twitter at iGuestInfo. Send us your questions and we'll try to answer. Now enjoy the show. Well, as my two-year-old nephew likes to say, when something big's going on, big doings. There's big doings. And so we have big doings today because I have New York Times best-selling author, USA Today best-selling author, Lisa Renee Jones. And it's release day for her. She has an extremely successful series called Inside Out. Um, it's been optioned by stars uh, for a TV show. The second book in that series has been released today. It's already zooming up the Amazon charts. Everybody's buying it. I've been getting some tweets from people who are on various chapters, so everybody's out reading it. And I'm just thrilled to have Lisa with us today. Thanks, Lisa, for coming on. Thank you so much for having me and such perfect timing on release day. I know. That worked out perfect. And as, as you were telling me before we came on air, there's a huge fire that's burning right near your home, and uh, and they're evacuating people. So we just wanted to let everybody know that even with that going on, you're not being evacuated, but it's going on near your home. You still uh, took the time to come on with us today. So thank you. Oh, yeah. It's uh, it's pretty crazy. We It's Oh, there's people being evacuated only three miles from us. So, but fortunately, it's blowing another direction. Unfortunately, for the people on that side, though, I mean, you know, my heart goes out to those people. Absolutely, yeah. Um, I from Southern California. We dealt with that all the time, and that smoke. Um, even though it's maybe not right where you are in the evacuation zone, I mean, it gets into your house, into your. Cl- I mean, you can smell it. It feels like it's it's encroaching on you even though it might be you know like you said you know a a few miles away it feels like it's right there yeah i mean then this happened last year here there was a huge fire that um, burnt down one of the famous ranches here and so it's pretty shocking that it's happening again this year because apparently it had been many years since this had happened and of course i came to colorado and brought the fire with me i guess i don't know i'm lucky that way (laughs) Well, maybe it's your book. It, uh, maybe it's because the series is on fire, and it's just. Uh, oh, there you go. There it goes. What do on release day? What is release day like for you? Uh, it's been exciting. You know, I couldn't go to sleep last night because I was thinking about release day and you know how our readers going to receive it. I think whenever book one is something that people really enjoy, you feel more. Um, pressure because you want book two to live up to their expectations very much. And so, you know, I, I went to bed thinking, how are people going to react to it? Fortunately, I'd had some early reads and people that had responded well, but still I was nervous and excited. And today's been, you know, I, I woke up to, you know, Twitter exploding with people talking about having it on their Kindles and their nooks. And so it's, it's been an exciting ride. And then to watch the rankings and see, are people really buying it? They're talking about it, but are they buying it? <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh it's, it's got to be exciting to kind of keep up with that, it, especially if it's a positive thing. It might not be so great if it's a negative thing. But you, <laughs> yeah. you have such a fantastic fan base, and you have a really good reputation for writing um, very challenging and edgy and, I think, you know, kind of thinking books. These these books um, challenge the reader. Um, it, it's the the series is kind of a a who done it well like like a sexy who done it is this how i would describe it it is you know, I tell people, um, if you watch um, Pretty Little Liars, it's very much like the Pretty Little Liars where they kind of they have the whole mystery about A that's constantly going on. 
Um, or if you don't watch Pretty Little Liars, um, something it, no paranormal in it, but Lost is kind of a good example because Lost was a show that went, everybody knew Lost and it went on with this ongoing mystery. And so the series is really wrapped around that, you know, the ongoing mystery. I love writing mysteries. Well, uh, I mean, to me, oh, um, go ahead. No, you go ahead. I'm sorry. Oh, no, I, I, I was just going to um, have you just kind of tell everybody a little bit about this mystery and how it started, because it's kind of started in a personal way, how, how you received the idea. And so I was just going to kind of have you set that up for everybody so they would kind of know what the mystery was about. Yeah, you know, um, I was actually uh, just talking with um, uh, Lance Watkins, who's from Storage Treasures, and um, they have kind of a storage auction hunting site and the thing about it is I didn't have that when I started but I auction hunted and that's how I found um, a journal that um, inspired the series and we were talking about it because he was telling me a really cool story about a unit that had Marilyn Monroe stuff in it and he had me all intrigued and that's what I hope this series does for people um, is that they get intrigued because there's a journal that is found in a storage unit um, and, and so, but backtracking, we auction hunted for eight years. My fiance found a journal, and he was sick one day, and he was laying on the couch, and he's reading it. And I've told this story a lot because I just, it's, it's so not him. But that day, he was, oh my God, she's pregnant again. Oh my God, there's, you know, somebody got murdered next door. The police are there. I mean, it was just that he got so into this journal. And um, he was like, you know, you have to write something about this experience we have where we go into these units and people's entire lives are in these units and um, what happened to them. And, and, you know, do that sexy thing you do, but make it a mystery. <laughs> <laughs> and and that's how the books got started. It is, it is. I mean, it's and it's. That, it's very intriguing, I think, that even me, after doing it for eight years, as I was sitting there hearing this story about this Marilyn Monroe unit, I'm like, really? What was in it? I mean, you can't help but get kind of excited about what also can be a little piece of history, whether it be an individual person's history or whether it be something that links to something that's more, you know, high profile like Marilyn Monroe and JFK, because that's what was in the unit was stuff related to her and JFK. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, there's something about the, the, the human drama that we're all kind of interested in, and we even tap into that, I, I think, in news stories and different things like that. So I, I think you were right on with that. that. That was a good call. Good call for your boyfriend who or fiancé who was reading that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we, we've been engaged for um, a year, but we've been together for 10 years, so I'm like, I'm still adjusting to calling him fiancé. <laughs> Although his family calls me his wife all the time. Well, there you go. <laughs> Well, the first book in the Inside Out series, If I Were You, that that was the first one, was beyond successful. Um, And stars optioned you based on that first book. Is that right? Uh, They had uh, outlines for the rest of the series because I have a big arc for the series. I mean, I knew by the time I um, finished book one, I already knew what book two and book three was. I knew about a spinoff series as well. So, I mean, I already had a um, that arc, but yeah, sure. Uh, they hadn't read book two, so I, I was, you know, I, I would say writing the second book of the series was probably the most intimidating book I've ever written because there were so many people waiting for it, and is it going to live up to everyone's expectations? And for me, I was so, I was, am so in love with these characters that I wanted to do them justice as well. 
Um, and, uh, and I identify with him, I think, because he found that journal, and he told me to write that story, and he told me and told me and told me that I had contracts with um, Harlequin and some other publishers, and I just I didn't have time to write it. But I started jotting notes and started getting to know these characters and I started planning it out. And, um, you know, one thing led to another, and, you know, there finally I got to the point where I could write it, and I was already so attached, so it was so personal to me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, who's the easiest character to write, and who's the hardest character to write? Oh, you know, I don't think there is an easy character in the series to write. In fact, I am so emotionally wrung out when I write these books, so I love writing them, and I hate being away from them. I'm having withdrawal from the characters now, but um, because they are all so damaged, and they all have secrets, and they're all, you know, you know, battling through something that I have to battle through with them while I'm writing it. And if I don't, then how do I expect the readers to experience that battle? You know, if I don't feel the torment, um, how how will you as a reader feel it and want to keep going? Mm-hmm. So, well, how, how and do you with, deal with that? <laughs> well, pretty much I don't sleep much to, to when I'm <laughs> I, I listen to, you know, a lot of music really helps me. Like if I'm writing a scene that's really, really intense, there's usually a song attached to that scene. And sometimes I even know that scene's coming, um, and I know what song that, that scene's been imagined with, but I never can write a scene in advance because I never know how the characters are going to, you know, move before that and change. The slightest little thing I think can make a difference emotionally in the scene. Mm-hmm, definitely. Well, h- how do you write? Do, do, do you write longhand out, or do you write on a computer, or do you write on your phone, or little notes, or <laughs> how does that process look? Well, um, I mostly write on my computer. But what's funny is, um, and if I were you, the the whole series, it's um, I, it's got a real Fifty Shades tone in that it's very dark and sexy. Um, and it really pushes the sexual limits. And there's a particular scene that I call the window scene in If I Were You. And I, that scene came to me while I was at the gym. <laughs> and I actually got off of the stepper to go to the bike, sitting bike, so that I could type it out on my phone because I didn't want to – I mean, it was just so there in my head. And so if you read the scene, you'd go, how was she inspired to write that scene while she was on the exercise machine? <laughs> I, I don't know. <laughs> Did you read Fifty Shades? I did. Um, after I wrote If I Were You, um, before I wrote Being Me, um, but I did. And I really enjoyed those books a lot. I thought, you know what I loved about Fifty Shades is that I felt like it wasn't about sex. Everybody kept going, oh, this this erotica, it's climbed up the chart. What makes it different? What, there's all these erotic books. But it was different to me because I thought it was about these dark damaged character well really one dark damaged character the man and mm-hmm. he had this innocent woman who saved him mm-hmm. and we all want to be the person who can save someone and we all you know I, I just think it really identified with things that we all can feel being damaged not being perfect being able to be someone that can help somebody else heal well um without going too much in the 50 because I'm a huge, like, crazy 50 Shades person. You are. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> but um, but when I've talked to other authors, what, what they've said about Fifty Shades, and, and you can tell me if this applied to you, but, but, but they felt that what it did for authors in general was it gave them the freedom maybe not to self-censor themselves, that they could really write the story the way it needed to be told because the bounds had been pushed kind of where she went um, and was accepted in the mainstream. And now other authors were kind of feeling like if they needed to go to some place with their characters, they weren't intimidated or afraid to do that based on thinking what the audience might um, react to. Well, I think there's two facets to that, and that is, um, yes, she opened that window to go there because traditional publishing, and believe me, I experienced it because I I have worked with most of the houses um, during the time when that was the only way you published. There was no indie self-publishing, and everything had to fit into a box. And so, yes, she wrote out of that box. But uh, I'll tell you the story about my series because I think it demonstrates that still um, traditional publishing hadn't quite come around I um when I wrote the series um I was going to I did self publish it for 2 weeks. Um but I had a New York offer and the editor pretty much wanted me to change things and I thought no. No, mm-hmm. this doesn't feel right. And I'd already experienced some things um some good success with my self publishing so I knew that I could make money on my own and I felt so passionately that I wanted to go where I needed to go to write these stories so that they spoke to readers and I do think that E.L. James helped us all have that you know um, confidence when we'd pretty much been told we couldn't go there to say guess what you can go there so Mm -hmm. I think it was the combination of indie success saying that we could make money other ways um, and then her you know uh, taking us there first so that she was a leader in that. Right. And then but, I, but I obviously, it opened publishers' eyes up that that was acceptable by, 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 by mainstream people. Yeah. And, you know, I so I published it on my own, and it went, you know, into a situation where we had multiple houses who were bidding on it, like, before I even released it. I mean, we were still negotiating. And my release date that I had advertised came up, and we went ahead and published. But, yeah, so it, it's kind of crazy because I initially said no, but then, you know, obviously there were some publishers that could see that you could go there. Um, and so that's exciting. I also think that that just so speaks to readers. I mean, we don't – we want happily ever after. We do. We all want a happy mm-hmm. Ending. But tell us that we can get through the truly bad things in life that happen and still get to happily ever after. Don't make life seem so frou-frou because it's not. Bad right. things happen to people. And I think that books that speak of those things, I think Fifty Shades is one of those, speaks of those bad things that can happen, but we still survive them. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Now, your series... Um we're on the second book, Being Me, but it has an option now for a TV series, which would lead one to think that this, you know, could have a lot of legs to it because with TV, there's going to have to be more chapters to this story. Is is there – how many books are you thinking that, that there might be, or will, will the books end and the TV series take over, or, or how are you kind of envisioning that? Um, well, there's going to be um, a total of five books in the Inside Out series and then a spin-off series that will have three books. Um, 
And but at the end of book three, the first storylines are pretty much wrapped up. But there's one that kind of starts that that moves forward. I can't tell much because this is such right. a yeah. There's so many clues and such a mystery. Um, I mean, my character. I don't think I said this, but my character finds this journal and she she reads these sexy entries. The woman's involved with two different men, and she gets concerned that something's happened to her so she based and and there's similarities in their lives they both are into the art world that kind of thing so she starts identifying with this woman who's following her dreams when she hasn't followed hers and so she goes to seek her out and she gets involved with the same people that that the journal writer was involved with but she don't know where the journal writer is so is she dead is she alive is my heroine involved with the same people, maybe someone who killed the journal writer. So that's kind of how this journey goes. Um, So by the time you get to the end of book two, you know uh, how a lot of those storylines wrap up. I don't drag it out, Um, but it it goes into another one. And basically there's two men, and the man who doesn't get the girl, book four and five is pretty much about him. Mm -hmm. Okay. And then – is there some type of maybe a target date that, that these would come to TV at all? Well, I'm not allowed to say much about that right now, um, but uh, I wish I could, and I'm excited. I can say that um, Suzanne Todd from Alice in Wonderland is producing and, and developing it, and I couldn't be more excited about that. She is so gifted, and, and uh, her vision, everything is phenomenal. It matches up with your vision? Oh gosh, yes. When you know the the things that I have been privy to, all I can say is uh, I'm excited. And and you know I'm not on the inside of that process. Authors usually aren't, but um, but it's going to be exciting to see how it evolves. Oh, absolutely. Will, will you make any cameos, or would there be maybe any small <laughs> character roles for you in the background that we should look for? Oh, I don't. I doubt that. But uh, but I'll definitely be you know. Uh, involved with my characters from the standpoint of just, you know, writing the books and hoping that, you know, it inspires what happens in the show. And they do seem really, they they are interested in the books. And I think at least to start that it will probably have a lot of the feel of the books to it. I don't know. You know, I don't know. I trust them completely. They're going to do a great job. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't doubt it because this is such a it's, it's, it's well thought out this this synopsis and and this uh, um, idea for and I could totally see why stars would pick it up because it is it, like you said it's kind of like a sexy whodunit you have a little bit of mystery there's some thinking involved it's challenging um, it will make for absolutely good TV and of course you know we all we all like sex I mean so <laughs> how could that be well, and cable TV will go there, you know. Um, Good. <laughs> so, Great. yeah, I think that my um, readers would be very upset if um, it ended up being a G-rated show. Because <laughs> the books are definitely not G-rated. They're dark. I mean, um, one thing I will say about this series is, and, and that's one of the things when I turned being me into my editor and to everyone, um, I, uh, I I was like, you know, this book is dark. I don't, it isn't all happy. There are things that happen in it that I know people are going to be emotionally affected by if I did my job as an author right. Um, so, you know, you're, I was nervous, or, you know, I'm taking them these dark places. But, you know, I think that that is, um, 
that's you know that next step from if I were you being me had to go to that darker place you know it's kind of like a peak and valley well if the reader trusts you they'll go there with you I think well well hopefully they trust me because I definitely took them there think they do because you are really involved with your readers you are on social media with them you're very interactive and so I think that you're getting direct feedback from them all the time and then you're giving them feedback and so they built that relationship with you and then they're willing to go on that journey with you based on um, what they know about you personally what they read that you've written all of that matches up and um and, and so I, I think that, that uh, they'll completely go on this journey all the way from beginning to end with you. But um, do you want to talk a little bit about that, about how involved you are? Because it's really remarkable how, how much that you are involved with your fans. I love the fan interaction. Um, and so many of them I feel like I know personally. I mean, uh, on Twitter a while ago, uh, a number of them I was talking to who are here in Colorado and some even here in Springs. I mean, it's crazy how social media has shrunk the world because people that I could have lived down the street from and never even knew, I now know live right down the street from me. <laughs> uh, and that's fun. Um, and it's it's great to see how the readers um, react to the characters. I also, I mean, I think it's, it, it's, it can be good and bad in the fact that I have to be careful not to let it influence my creative process, but I do love to hear how people see the characters and how it affected them. And I'm, I'm always interested if the emotional reaction they have to something in particular was what I intended it to be or not. Mm-hmm, definitely. Because, um, well, like you said, you are so involved with these characters. You're living what they're living. You're experiencing They're sad. I'm sure you're sad. They're happy. You're happy. They're um, <clears throat> crying. You know, probably you're crying. Um, it's, it's, it's a huge weight to carry around that I, it's, it's amazing to kind of see that be um, talked about by, by the authors because for, for me personally, I guess I just never put it together how much the authors were involved with the characters and how much the characters were speaking to them even outside of the writing process. Like you said, you're at the gym and something comes to you. So do the characters keep you awake at night or do they ever wake you up or do they ever, you know, want to say something when you're not really ready for them to say something? Oh gosh, yes, all the time. I all the time. When I to me at least the ending of BME was very emotional and I in I finished the book at like three thirty in the morning and I could not go to sleep. I was so emotionally affected by the ending and I thought, Wow, I hope that readers feel as intense as I do right now because I was just like jumpy and edgy and um my a burn in my chest kind of thing because the ending was just that intense to me. But the other day when I was at the, I, I I did do a lot of thinking at the gym. I think it's because everything else can't get in. There's only whatever, you know, the pain of the exercise mm-hmm. <laughs> and the storyline in my head. The other 20 things can't fit in. But my fiancé walked up to me and he said, I was on one of the machines, and he said, what's wrong? And I said, What? what do you mean what's wrong? He's like, you look like you like want to cry. I'm like, oh, God, I'm thinking of a scene in my head like the dialogue's actually going <laughs> <laughs> So I guess I, um, 
I was showing it a little bit more than you might want to do in a public place. Right, <laughs> definitely. Yeah, it was coming to. What does he think about your success? Because he was right there from the beginning, from the very beginning. I, I met him in a Barnes and Noble. Can you believe that? <laughs> yeah. So I mean, talk about yeah, um, the perfect man. Um, he um, has always been so supportive. He loves books so much. And um, he was a physical therapist for eight years and always um, aspired to go to medical school. Um, so he had dreams of his own, and he, he's someone who believes you should go for it. So I'll tell you, there's been times whenever, when I was, you know, fighting my way to, um, up the path to get to the dream at the end, um, and that path is continuous because every step you have to keep striving for more. But um, there were times when he believed in me more than I believed in me, and I, I – I will never forget that. Mm-hmm. Well, now you're a New York Times best-selling author. Forever, you'll be known as that. You know, how does that make you feel? I mean, because I mean, it, it'll just that for always be attached with your name. It's exciting. Um, it's very exciting, and it feels like an honor. Um, and, it, and it's kind of surreal. I mean, when you um, fight for it as long as I did, um, and then you see these positive things happening, um, it almost doesn't. I mean, it just it can't feel real at first. It's like, okay, overnight everything kind of changed for me. And I think that overnight success for authors tends to be the overnight success in 10 years is kind of the way, I should say, that it happens for a lot of authors. And that would be me, overnight in 10 years. <laughs> right. Well, it, it's like that. I've talked to musicians and comedians and different things, and they'll say, you know, if, that the people will describe them as overnight, but they've been on the road for 30 years or something. And, you know, and then they'll say, yeah, it's kind of, I talked to Billy Gardell from Mike and Molly, and he's like, I was on the road, you know, for like 30 years, but everybody says that I, you know, was just an overnight sensation. So it's probably like that for authors, too, because, like you said, you know, you've been writing for a long time, and then all of a sudden, you know, you make it, but no one's had, you know, the, the the population, the masses hadn't really heard of you, so they assumed that you just came out of nowhere. Yeah, and, you know, I promised myself that I would tell my hard stories because I think that so many times authors say, you know, oh, it's been great, it just kind of happened for me, when the reality is that it didn't. And aspiring authors, and even people who are aspiring to other things, need to hear that it doesn't necessarily come easy, but it can still come. Mm-hmm. Um, and I will tell you that right before this Inside Out series, um, I was at this point where I was just – it wasn't that I wasn't publishing and I wasn't successful to, in, to other people's eyes, but to where I felt like I really was writing exactly what I wanted to write, where I felt like my strength was. I just didn't feel like it was coming together. And I was, like, really at this place where I'm like, okay – I, and I think that's one of the reasons why I turned down the New York contract that wanted me to change the manuscript. I was like, um, this is, I know where I want to go with this. This is me at my best. And if that isn't what makes me successful, then maybe I'm not supposed to do this. That's where I really felt like I was at. I, but that's how much passion I had for this series, that I was willing to take all those years of struggle and say, I'm going to gamble everything on this. And I'm going to say, this is it or I'm out. And that's and I but but when I say that I gambled everything on it, I put everything I had into it from the standpoint of writing it and marketing it and everything. I went at it like, you know, it was you know the company I used to own and I was a CEO of it and I had to make a business plan and make it work. Well, there's no doubt that you're a can-do girl. 
And I have no doubt that anything that you touch is going to be successful because you were successful, just like you were saying, with, with your last company. You took on this role of writer and you stayed with it and you cultivated it and believed in it and you have that passion. And I was telling someone the other day, I truly believe if you wanted to be an airline pilot tomorrow, you could go out and be the best airline pilot that there was. <laughs> Because I just think that you're a can-do girl. But I also think that translates to your readers. I think a lot of your readers are also can-do people. And I, I think that's why this series is so successful. Because it is a thinking, challenging book that's, that is um, appealing on an intellectual level. It's so fun for me when people tell me that they've got notes written everywhere and I've had people tweet me pictures of their notes, like where they're trying to figure out where this clue or that clue goes to. And I, for myself, have pages of clues written out. Like, I love just how a tiny little thing can be a clue that you don't know it's a clue till later. And there's many times when I'm writing when I'll go back and I'll go, oh, that would be so good in Chapter 3, but I'm on Chapter 25 right now. I mean, just a little tiny little something, yeah. So, um, I mean, th I love that. And, if I, and I hope that, you know, readers are pulled into it and it's never predictable. I don't think it is because it, a lot of times I'm, it's not even predictable, predictable to me. A lot of the clues, they just present themselves. And so it's not like I thought them out and they easily came to me. The characters create them for me. Mm -hmm. Well, um, do you ever, for, well, that's probably why you have the notes, but sometimes, you have to really stay up on your game because the readers will know the story inside and out as good, if not better, maybe as you. Oh gosh, yes. I mean, sometimes when they um, when they'll um, tweet something, I'll go, "Wow, I forgot about that." And but then, of course, it comes right back to me. But I mean, it's it's actually very exciting to me to have them pick up that tiny little thing and ask me about it or you know they'll ask a little detail about a clue and I know that they're really following it intensely but yeah I have to be on my game because if I get it wrong they'll they'll catch it <laughs> <laughs> that's right and I want to tell everyone that they can go to your website which is lisa com. so l-i-s-a r-e-n-e-e jones.com and that really opens up a all of the information, where you're going to be. Um, you're going to be doing some book signings. You have some public appearances coming up. They can follow you on Twitter. Um, they can go to your Facebook page. And you are really interactive with your fans. So I really encourage everybody to check out your website and then kind of just link up because you aren't one of those authors that just writes a book and then you can't find them. You, you're very out front and, and personal with them. Yeah, I I mean, I people sometimes respond like they're surprised that I'm interacting, but I can't imagine not. I mean, what purpose do my books have if not to be in the hands of readers who I value? I mean, there's the reason I get to keep writing books. So, I mean, always excited to get to interact with the readers. Well, what's next for you? What, what What's coming up? Do you have another series or? I do. I have a new series that I'm launching in July called um, The Secret Life of Amy Benson, the first book, Escaping Reality. And it is a sexy thriller, a whodunit kind of thing, too. Um, I'm very drawn to that. Um, so uh, I'm excited to get that out there. The heroine's a little bit younger in this one. I normally write um, late 20s. This, this heroine's um, probably, this probably falls more into the new adult category in that she's 24 and more naive than most of my heroines. But that was fun.
again, I, I wanted her to be very different than anybody else I wrote so I could really learn her and experience her and the readers would have a different experience. But then after that, Revealing Us is out in September, and um, I'm excited for everyone to get to find out how the first three books conclude. And, and that's not that long of a time, which is really great for the reader because there's nothing worse than reading a book and then having to wait a year or something for the next book to come out because you kind of forget, for one thing, but but, but yeah. you want to go on with it. I mean, you're ready for it. So September is really not that far away. That's great. No, thank goodness, because um, when I first published the series, I published it, and then I sold it to a New York publisher, and they pushed the release date for being me back pretty far because they wanted to have time to do the print distribution and all. But If I Were You does have a huge cliffhanger. It's very hard for readers to wait for being me. So I'm so happy that they get revealing us quickly. Yeah. Um, and people, they scream at me about the cliffhanger at the end of book one, and I'm sorry. <laughs> I really didn't plan that cliffhanger. It's I can't explain it, but creatively... There was a point where I actually um, told my fiancé, I'm like, oh, God, I'm going to end this in a huge cliffhanger, and some people are going to want to kill me. <laughs> but I I have to do it. This is what feels right. And he's like, then you got to do what feels right. And I hope when people read book two, they'll see that it was the right spot to stop. Mm-hmm. Well, and for those who just started reading, they can go right straight into book two now, and there will be no wait for them. Yeah, no more for anybody having to scream at me for the cliffhanger because I can get book two now. <laughs> I think I was more excited about book two for that reason than anything, so no one would have to be mad at me about the cliffhanger anymore. <laughs> well, it just shows how passionate they are about this series. Yeah, I uh, well, I I love hearing people speak passionately about it because I am passionate about this series. I love these characters. Um, I mean, it took me a bit to step away from them to be able to write this other series because I just I want to be in that world. I'm just I think you know I had so many years of thinking about the story that once I started writing it, these people were so alive in my head, and now they're just like you know here with me always. <laughs> right. Oh yeah. Well, they, they become like family members. They do. I mean, I am. I have never been attached to characters like I'm attached to these characters. But, you know, I have never had a response from readers like I've had to these characters either. So maybe my attachment is part of what comes through in, you know, my writing too. But it's also my first time that I've ever written first person, which I love, and I had no idea I would love the way I love it. Yeah, it's well that well, that even makes the connection I think even more when you're writing in the first person, it makes that connection even more solid and real and close, yeah, it really is it's it's when I was writing it, that's something that I felt, and um I think comes through when i'm uh when people are reading it that there's just a deeper level, a place that you can go first person emotionally that you can share with readers that you can't get to in third person, not that I don't like writing third person and I do write it. But my preference now is definitely first person. Mm-hmm. Now, do you want to tell everyone about the storage wars and storage treasures? Because I think that they can go to, what is it, storagetreasures.com, and then there's some interactivity there as well. Yeah, um, well, I've got um, the folks over there have been so kind to let me do um, a free story um, on their website. And um, it's a connected story to the Inside Out series, so it's not 
storyline connected. There's just a loose connection with the character, um, and it's another sexy mystery. And you can read it for free, and you just go to um, storagetreasures.com. And um, if you go to my website, though, there is um, on my slider, there's a link to it. It will take you directly to the page where the free story is at. Okay. All right. So you can just go to com on the slider. Perfect. Perfect. All right, Lisa, well, we're going to let you go. You've uh, very generous with your time with us today. I really appreciate that you came on. I'll let you check on that fire that's raging near your home. But um, just, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm going to follow this on Amazon as well. I mean, it's been exciting. It's been like the stock market today. It just keeps going up, 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 up. So this has got to be thrilling. It was thrilling for me, and I don't even, you know, I don't have Yeah, it's a very exciting connection to it. <laughs> but uh, it's, uh, it's, I, I just wish you the, the, the best of success, and I, I think you're, you know, going to just uh, keep going up with this, and the fans love you, and I think the Star Series will be a, a, a big success. And I'm going to start reading these books, you know, just full disclosure, because we set up this interview so quickly I didn't have a chance to, to read them, but I am, and I'm thrilled that I can read if I were you, and then being me is just going to roll right into it so I don't have to wait like everybody else. So I'm really excited to read it. Well, if you're into audiobooks, I will tell you that the audio is really good and really sexy. I mean, the first, the sample of the audiobook for If I Were You made me blush, and I wrote it. <laughs> I was like, whoa, did I write that? Uh, I, could, I have no control over that. That was my publisher, and they did such an amazing job with it. Uh, they picked a great um, reader, and she, wow, she's Sarah to me. I love her. So if you like audio, uh, I highly recommend it. Um, and uh, thank you so much for having me on, and, and I really appreciate that. And you did it on such short notice for my release day. Well, it, it, you know, it, it, everything just kind of really fell into place, so I was really happy to be able to do it. And hopefully we can have you back on when Revealing Us comes out and, and when it, it premieres on Stars, we ought to do a, a show on, on premiere day or, or, you know, premiere week or something like that. And, and Because by then, I will be... Have, well, I will have read it, and then I'll be one of those crazy fans tweeting you. What I, <laughs> I aspire to make you a crazy fan. I hope so. <laughs> I'll be your crazy fan if you'll be my. <laughs> yeah, I'll be your crazy fan if you'll be my crazy fan. <laughs> Well, that's a deal. Well, you know, it's, it's, you know, I always tell everyone, fans, stalker, you know, I mean, both those labels kind of. When I like something, I really, really like it. So I have no doubt I'm really going to like this. So I can't, um, I, I, I can't wait to jump on the bandwagon with the people that were there from, from the beginning with you. So And it'll be fun to talk about the books with them on, on, on Twitter because I'm on Twitter all the time as well. Great. Well, I um, and and thank you to my readers and anyone that's out there um, listening, and the many bloggers and reviewers that have supported the series and and helped it get legs. I cannot thank you guys um, enough for all the support. Well, thank you. And yeah, you know, it's it's amazing how passionate the fans are and how much they really truly enjoy not only the book but but the author. And I'm just really happy for you and just. Um, you know, nothing but, but the best success is what I wish for you. Thank you so much. All right. Well, have a good day, and good luck with that fire. I, I hope the wind doesn't doesn't turn on you. Me too. Me too. Thank you. Bye. All right. Bye, Lisa. All right. Well, that was New York. Well, that was New York selling author Lisa
and you can find out more about her at lisareneejones.com. So if you're a new reader, like I'm a new reader, I'm going to jump on board and I'm going to start with uh, reading If I Were You. I, it rolls right into the book that was released today that's already zooming up the Amazon charts, Being Me. And then there is the third book, Revealing Us, that comes out in September. So um, I'll try not to read all of these in one day and then be complaining that I have to wait for September. I will try to read them at a leisurely pace. And then I'm going to join in with the conversation that's going on on Twitter. And if if you're just starting to read the books, you know, hit me up on Twitter. We'll talk about it together. So LisaReneeJones.com, and we certainly appreciate that she came on today with us. And I just wanted to tell everybody as we move forward now with things that were going on in Seattle, be sure that you make it down to Pike Market if you're in the Seattle area. The things that are going on at Pike Market is absolutely magical. There's music down there. There's food. And I, w- I want to tell you about the crafters. I went to dinner last night with the Pike Market crafters. that they, they had me to dinner last night. And these are real working professional artists. And they're down there, and they're selling their art. So instead of you having to go way out to Whidbey Island or the San Juan Islands or out to Auburn or up to Everett or down to Portland, they bring all of their crafts to Pike Market, and then they are in this vendor's square underneath the, you know, the, the, um, the, the inside of the building underneath the awning, and it's very, it's just extremely remarkable, paintings and tile work and beadwork and leather and silver and pot holders, anything you can imagine that these professional crafters are doing is just right there. You can walk around, not only is there fruit and flowers and vegetables, but there's music going on and there's um, and there's working artists. I mean, it's just this living, breathing feeling. So, of, of course, when you have to go down there, you have to go to the first Starbucks. You know, you, it, we're all there. We're all having our picture. I will tell you, when I was there yesterday, the line was out the door and almost around the block to get into the first Starbucks. I, you know, so there was another Starbucks that was literally, like, on the next corner, probably 250 feet away. That one was empty. But the first Starbucks, which... You can see from the other Starbucks, the line was like around the door. So I don't know what it is about going to that first Starbucks. I mean, you can have your picture taken right outside it, and then you can go down to the other Starbucks and grab your coffee. But anyway, there's other things going on down there besides the first Starbucks. I I, I understand everybody wants to be at the first Starbucks. But um, Rosie the pig is, you, you will see pigs all around Pike Market, and that is kind of the what well, it is, the, the mascot for Pike Market. You can have your picture taken in front of the statue pigs. And then they sell that there's a crafter who sells pig, handmade pig banks, piggy banks, but they're pig banks. Um, inside in in the artist's room, and it represents the symbolic of uh, Pike Market. So it's just not a piggy bank. It's representative of of, of Pike Market. So I had some great food down there, went to the Hard Rock, hung out on the rooftop deck, which also, this is an insider um, information for you guys. If you go to the rooftop deck of the Hard Rock, which is also right down at Pike Market, they have an amazing view up there. It's free to go up there. You can go up there. It's it's a photo opportunity. When you're up there, it's right in back of you is the Pike Market sign, 
and the ocean is right behind them. So you can go up there for free. You could take a picture postcard picture of yourself with your spouse, with your significant other, with your kids, whatever, um, to be able to go and have this iconic sign and the ocean and the sun and everything right in back of you. So that is my insider tip. I was up there last night. We watched the sunset. It was absolutely amazing. So, again, we welcome everybody to come to Seattle. We have great things going on here. There's a wonderful energy going on. You can always listen to free music, um, free activities. Um, we, we try to post everyday things that are going on in Seattle that you can be involved with. All you have to do is go to seattlewaveradio.net. You can find interviews that I've done not only today with Lisa Renee Jones, but other um, authors and uh, celebrities that I've had on in the past. We try to do celebrity and author and authors are celebrities uh, a couple times a week, maybe three times a week. And then we also wind in some music interviews in there as well. There's other great shows that are on Seattle Wave Radio that you can go and search and, and find those interviews going on with uh, musicians around the Seattle area. And we invite you to come down and listen to some great music. And if you're in Seattle, you already know this, and just, just keep spreading the word. So we're going to go out today and release our listening audience from around the country. And I'm going to play one of my favorite Seattle musicians. Her name is Susie Sun. Sun's not really her last name, but, but that's what she goes by, Susie Sun. And she is absolutely just wonderful. Good things are going to happen for her. She just has a beautiful voice. And let me find which one I'm going to play for her. I'm going to play for you by her. Um, I'll wait. Yeah. Let's play all way. So this is by Susie Sun, local um, Seattle musician. And we're going to go ahead and say goodbye to everybody who's not listening in Seattle. And we will talk to you soon. Have a great day. I would have just
Love a try. Mm-hmm. 